Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week starting book two of The Twilight Saga, New Moon. And today we're discussing the first half, chapters one through 13. Yeah, we don't have a lot of plot to discuss, but I'm sure we have lots of feelings. So before we get into it, let me just reintroduce our show. For anyone who's new to the show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and we're reading and rereading YA lit from our childhood and adolescence and sharing these books with each other. We've been taking turns sharing books with each other that one read and the other gets to read for the first time, and it's been super fun because you get to hear from one person who is reading for the first time and one person who is rereading, which is me this time, and the newbie, Charles, always gives a quick summary of the reading in case you couldn't read along. Yep, I'm on summary duty. So we start with Bella's 18th birthday, and she gets a paper cut, which causes all the Cullens, except Carl, to completely lose it. Edward afterwards gets really distant from Bella, and he tells her that they are are leaving, and that he will remove himself completely from her life as if he never existed. Bella grows incredibly depressed, and only starts to find solace in her newly discovered best friendship with Jacob. She continues on a path to become more and more reckless, as being reckless allows her to vividly remember Edward's voice. She eventually figures out that Jacob has become a werewolf, and that his pack has killed Laurent and is hunting Victoria because she is tracking Bella out of revenge. And we finish there, and we're about to have a big council of the wolves. So I can give my impression of the reading, and it was immediately evident to me as to why New Moon is Asia's least favorite book in the series. As soon as Edward left, I was like, Asia must hate this book for the lack of romance. And to be perfectly honest, I kind of hated that too. I kind of miss Edward and Bella together, and I miss Alice, and I miss the familial strength of the Cullens, because we only started getting treats of that at the end of the last book. And so I just like that they are, they're so open with each other, they work as a team, and the wolves don't feel like they are. Like, the Quileutes aren't like that, at least so far. Like, Billy is not very, he's not very open. I'm getting a little off track, so I'm going to stop there. But I just like the Cullens a lot, and I miss them. So, Asia, what about your impression of the reading? Yeah, so this is definitely my least favorite section of the entire series. But how you noted that it's not even just the romance for me, the lack of romance. It's also, like you said, the lack of the Cullens and just vampires in general like I really appreciate the vampire stories and the vampire world in this series so in this section of the reading we don't get any of that we don't really get much it's mainly just Bella in her depression and eventually starting to come out of it with Jacob and as far as the wolves go I will say the reason they're so closed off in this first half of the book is because they don't think they can trust Bella Obviously, she's not a part of their tribe, and so she can't know, like, the tribe secrets. So that's why it's kind of like they're really secretive, but as we're going to see in the next part of the reading, they are going to open up, and we are going to learn a lot about the legends and everything about the wolves. So I wouldn't judge them too quickly just yet. But yeah, this is definitely my least favorite section, but 
It's okay. We're going to get through it and we'll move on. Yeah, within an hour we'll be done. So let's dive in. We start with Bella turning 18. She's being insufferable about turning 18. Really, like, beyond annoying about her birthday. But she brings up something really important that we talked about last episode. Yes, yes, yes. Bella says that she would be fine waiting a year or two to become a vampire, but Edward, being super-duper dead set on not changing her, has her worried, and that's why she's seems like she kind of wants to rush into it, because it just seems like Edward is just committed to she's going to stay a human until she dies. And she's like, I don't want to be with you when I'm an old lady. And it's so valid. This is literally what I talked about last week. I said that if Edward were open to her being transformed, asking her to wait a couple of years, that would be a perfectly reasonable request. But Bella perfectly reasonably is like, if you're going to say no flat out, I'm not going to be reasonable about a time frame. Yeah. And then she gets further unreasonable. And then she says that going to college is her plan B because Edward is her plan A. And I'm like, go to college. But anyway, I didn't love that, but it's okay because it was a quick moment, I guess. But also in that sense, when she's saying Edward's plan A, because obviously if she turns into a vampire, she'll have endless amount of time to go to college, get an education, study, get multiple degrees. So I think that's what she meant more there, but we'll see. That she wouldn't have to go to college right away because she'd have the rest of eternity. Yeah, she wouldn't have to go to college the traditional way right after high school. But then we fast forward at her little birthday get-together at the Cullens. She gives herself a paper cut and everything goes crazy. But we do get to see how Carlisle is just the absolute best and he's able to fully focus and save her and stitch her up and everything while everybody else, all the other vampires, have to leave because obviously I... The scene with Esme where she has to, like, cover her nose and she looks all ashamed. Like, even Esme, who's, like, super caring and compassionate for Bella, like, she can't control herself. She has to leave the room. So, I don't know. I just really thought that highlighted Carlisle's, like, how contr- how much of an in-control he is, like, to be able to not be affected at all by the scent of the blood. And then, importantly, during that scene between Bella and Carlisle, we find out that Edward believes becoming a vampire means losing your soul, which is why he's so against converting Bella. Yeah. And Carlisle frames it really well so that Bella's sort of thinking about it in a better way, so she's a little more understanding, which is great. But it's not like she has a lot of time to fix it with Edward because he's, you know, well, got no comment. That's jumping ahead. But, you know, as I was reading it, I was like, uh, Bella doesn't really need a soul. She doesn't have a soul to begin with. Like, she literally <laughs> tells Edward, she's like, I'm really not that interesting. Like, she literally says, I'm not really that interesting. Like, that's a verbatim quote. Like, yeah, Bella, so far you really aren't. But your soul, like, as far as, which I, they're kind of like, I remember Bella says, like, she gets a little uncomfortable with the conversation. Because it goes into, like, religion and this idea of do vampires do they, when they die, do they go to, do they have an afterlife? Do they go to heaven or hell? And Carlisle, like he's of this, he thinks that, you know, God created us for a reason, just like he created humans. And so he's like, I'm going to try to do everything in my power to do the right thing. But Edward is just, he, I, I think either he doesn't believe they get an afterlife or like they're, they go to hell no matter what. So it doesn't really... They're damned either way. Yeah, you're damned either way. That's like a line he says throughout. But 
I think he's just obviously for him, he's like, I don't want to condemn you to that, that you don't get a choice of going to heaven or hell, especially when he sees her as somebody who's so selfless and like, again, like we said, kind of problematically selfless, but like clearly on the right track to go to heaven. So I can, from his point of view, but the fact is like, it's still her choice. So it just seems kind of extreme for him to solely be making that decision for her. Whereas he could be express his concerns of this is why I wouldn't want to do this, but like they should be able to come to a compromise together. Like we're saying, like maybe she's like, she'll wait a couple years, but if they want to be together forever, it's the logical solution. Yeah. We'll just have to see. He's obviously not here right now. I'm glad that Bella's being, she's very empathetic. Like when Carlisle says, he's like, would you be the want to want to be the person who takes away someone else's soul? Cause that's how Edward feels about it. Bella's like, Oh, I understand. I don't agree, yeah. but I understand. And Edward still has to make that emotional leap where he has to understand. Like yeah. if he loves her and she loves him, he has to trust her. But again, we all, we'll have to deal with that once Edward is back. Yes. But also something I had been thinking about that this is one of those things that only would really occur to me because I'm not reading this for the first time. And you keep bringing up the clumsiness needing to be important or like have a reason behind it. Like it's too much of a character trait for her it to just be for fun. But I was just thinking that maybe part of the reason why Stephanie decided to make Bella super clumsy was just so that it would be really easy for them to explain away whenever she gets hurt, especially since she's hanging out with vampires and in the few times she's been with them, she's always like would would have had to go to the emergency room, but she has, they have Carlisle to like stitch her up. Yeah. I think that that's definitely true. Like her being clumsy is planted early on. It's not like it's, it's not like it was thrown in later. Like, it was planned in, and it definitely, like, we, they use her clumsiness to explain the accident at the end of the last book, and then they use her clumsiness to explain the biking accidents in this book. Like, I yeah. still feel like we need to find out that one of her legs is shorter than the other, just to, like, justify <laughs> it. But literary, like, in a literary sense, it makes sense that she's a clumsy mess because she's always the damsel. Like, or as a human, she's she's prone to being the damsel. And then she's immediately put back into distress. See what I did there? Because Edward just leaves. So right after the birthday party, she gets that pre-breakup distance, which I have to say was described incredibly well. That feeling that Mm -hmm. something is wrong and the other person is withholding rather than discussing. I felt that. It was a little too close to home for me. We're not going to get into that on the podcast. But well done, Stephanie Meyer. You really nailed that feeling. I was... I was there with you. But then Edward up and leaves her. And I immediately texted Asia and I was like, well, I figured out why this is your least favorite of the books. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on this because you're absolutely right. Especially just like for me, I mean, I've read, like I said, I've read this multiple times. I knew it was coming and I know that it will get better, but I still just hate this part. Also because, so Edward. Edward says that Bella, because she is human, she's going to heal from this. You know, that all, like, time heals all wounds. With time, she will be okay. But how does he know anything about human memories? Because they even talk about how once you become a vampire, like, the farther you get away from being human, like, you don't really remember 
being a human anymore, especially since your senses were so dull when you were a human. So, like, you don't remember things vividly at all. So, like, he has no real human memories at this point. Like, he's 100 years old. So, for him to make that conclusion is just kind of ridiculous when he doesn't actually have that experience. How does he know that she's going to recover from this? Because I don't think she will. And I think I ultimately hate this maybe not this whole book, but this section, especially like him leaving her, because to me, Edward ultimately gives Bella a form of PTSD because he's exposed her to this hidden vampire world, to a whole nother world that like, obviously she can't talk about with anybody else. And then he abandons her for her own good in quotation marks, her own good. And then he says that he's going to make it seem like him and the Cullens never existed which is literal gaslighting because he's literally like, oh, I exposed you. And if you, even if you take away the whole romance part of it, the idea that she's been exposed to this world and then he's like, oh, well now it's like it never existed. It's like, that's, that's going to make you question your sanity over time. Like, I don't think that time is going to heal this wound. And I think specifically for Bella, if she wouldn't have started to get close with Jacob and develop this friendship with him who we find out has his own kind of supernatural secrets, I don't think she ever would have recovered from this. I think she would have had, she would have held on to this. For some reason, it makes me think of in Titanic, like how Rose never forgets Jack. Like she obviously moves on with her life and stuff, but I see Bella like that, like remembering Edward forever. But instead of it being like, you knew he was real, it would be like, was he even real? Like, was that even a real person I ever knew? Were the Cullens real? Like, did I imagine the whole thing? Like, So that's why I ultimately don't like it. And like Edward, he takes the CD he gave her. He takes the photos that she took of him at like the birthday party and stuff. Like all these things to be like literally question her reality. Whereas like to me, that was taking it too far. Like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to leave you a clean break like he was saying and say goodbye. But the idea to make it seem like they never existed to me is just so, so wrong. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you're totally like... It's definitely gaslighting. It's definitely, yeah, it's going to have mental repercussions for Bella because she definitely will question the reality of it or she'll feel severed and incomplete because she'll either remember everything and be like, he took those memories, he took those things from me, like what a betrayal, or she'll start to have the memories break down and then she'll start thinking she's going crazy. And I totally agree. I don't think Edward predicting human feelings like he can't relate to being a human because he hasn't been one for an entire century. So I thought that him saying that about like, you're human, your memories will go away. Like, you don't have a leg to stand on. You don't know what that feels like. Yeah. And then I wrote down a quote from Bella. She she said it was depressing to realize that I wasn't the heroine anymore, that my story was over. And I think that also just points to the fact that it wasn't just about this breakup for Bella. Like, obviously, she was upset about losing Edward, but it's the complete loss of access to this vampire world and all that she was exposed to, especially because she, at first, you know, maybe saw a future of her joining that world, becoming a vampire. And also, she can't talk about this with anyone. Like, she's literally been given this information, and now she is just stuck with it. Like... I don't know how I would react to something like that. Like, t- like to me, it's very, very, like, upsetting. Like, I, I can totally understand why she went into a deep depression and can't function. Because how could you? 
Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction to make, too, is that she can't tell anyone about what she's missing. She can't talk about it as a breakup. Because when Charlie, he suggests, like, her going to therapy, and Bella's, like, really anti-therapy. And at first it was like, Bella, get over yourself. Therapy is really good, and you should definitely go talk to someone. But then I thought about it a little more, and Bella says something a little later on that sort of got me there. Well, she's totally right. She can't talk to therapy to a therapist because therapy would be completely pointless because she wouldn't be providing any information. Like, she has what she's lost. If she told someone that, they would think that she was insane. And therefore, she can't talk to anyone, so she wouldn't be able to get the benefits of therapy. So she she can't because, like you said, she's got this secret that's bottled. She can't recover from it either. Yeah, I think she... the line she says is that you know in order for therapy to work you have to be honest and she's like if i were honest they're gonna lock me up in a mental institution yeah so yeah i think that edward has actually done a lot of damage in what he was thought he was doing but that's because he's not human he can't feel like he can't think the way humans do and we're gonna talk about this in the at the end of the episode but there's some other things that edward has done or not done that he probably should have done but yeah let's jump ahead to bella four months into her depression also like she's a pretty high functioning uh, depressed person i mean many people with depression oh, yeah. are but she still runs her household she gets way better at calculus she works a part-time job like she's doing a really good job actually given what we've just diagnosed of like her her whole reality sort of being like turned off she's actually doing a very good job so let's give her some credit but she is depressed and justifiably so and we understand it and we're empathetic towards her because it's been pretty awful but eventually she does go see jacob and he you know He's really the only person she's ever been real friends with in Forks who isn't a Cullen. And then she sort of goes into this rebellious streak, and it's for a really, really heartbreaking reason. So getting a little ahead of myself, but, like, whenever she puts herself into a dangerous situation, she can hear Edward's voice. And she loves him so much that she decides to put herself through the ringer to see, to hear him. Asia, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, so first, the reason why she decides she's going to be reckless is because, you know, Edward, right before he leaves, asks her to make him a promise that she won't be reckless and stupid, which. <laughs> when you break up with someone, you don't get rules on their life. Exactly. I was going to say, normally, like, the first thing I would have done if that person was breaking up with me, I'm like, well, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you just asked me to do. But of course, Bella loves Edward. So she, like, tries to adhere to that. But then. She says that the reason why she doesn't want to hold up her end of the deal is because it it will never be like he never existed. Like, because he's like, I'll promise that it'll be like I'll ne- I never existed. And she's like, that's impossible. I'm never not going to remember you. Like, so she's like, if he's not holding up his end of the deal, then it seems stupid that I should be. So that's like the main reason why she decides to, you know, seek out danger. But then when she does, she has these visions, these hallucinations of Edward, Edward's voice speaking like to her maybe the ptsd her. that he caused exactly so like i just it's also like i think that this is really interesting and it's it's a, her way of coping especially like because she describes how in those moments when she hears his voice she can remember it clearly whereas obviously like normally you can't necessarily recall exactly what someone's voice sounded like 
I just think it's really, it's really sad. It's really depressing to read that it's like it's she's going through this all because, also because, all because Edward like was like, I'm, I'm ruining your life. Like, I'm not good enough for you. And I'm like, stupid. Well, you've ruined her life further. Thank you very much. Exactly. He, he just made her life even worse. Like, he should have just never spoken to her. Like, you've already, you've already done one step. What? I don't want to get too into it because that's, the book is going to, the series continues, obviously. So. Yeah, he's, yeah, that would uh, be us getting ahead of ourselves, so I'm not going to go there. But basically, she and her coping mechanism bring her to the bikes, and this also triggers a rekindling of her friendship with Jacob, whom she hasn't spoken to in like six months. And then Bella goes all stupid again, and she says she's going to use her college funds for the bikes, which I'm obviously very much against. That's poor financial planning, Bella. I'm done with you, except that I'm also very much empathetic to your situation. Yeah, I mean, that just makes sense to me because, like, for one, she's hanging out with Jacob, who's, what they say, a sophomore, who, like, a reckless teenage boy. And she, I think she even makes a comment. She's, like, only, like, someone like Jacob would be down for this. Like, any adult would be like, this is ridiculous. What are you guys doing? But I did want to comment on the friendship because Bella tries to be friends with some of the other kids at her school at – Forks High School, but it's not really working. Obviously, like, because she's she's never really been that deeply connected with anybody at this school. But I also, I noted where when, I think it's when Bella and Jacob and Mike go to the movies, Jacob recognizes Mike as the guy who thought Bella was his girlfriend from uh, way back when, when they, like, met for the first time at the beach. And then he makes this comment, Because at first, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, funny, he, like, says, like, oh, that's Mike. And then he says, sometimes persistence pays off. And then Bella responds with, well, most of the time it's just annoying, which, yeah, it's annoying when a girl tells you no and the guy keeps trying to ask you out and stuff. And I just don't understand this whole culture of, like, persistence and I'm going to wear her down, like, so problematic, like, just terrible, but... Like, cause you know, it seemed like Jacob's first comment was almost like maybe going to condemn Mike, but then he goes and does the same exact thing. Yeah. He, he has the same approach. Jacob feels the same way. He's like, I'm, you like me, right? And she's like, yeah, as a friend. And he's like, okay, well that's enough for me right now. Like he says that he, it really bought, like none of these men respect her boundaries. And now. And she's been she's been crystal clear with all of them. She only wants to be friends. Like she said it, none of them care. And it's disrespectful that they will not listen to her. And for like this sort of stuff happens in relationships too. Like even if you are in a romantic relationship with a partner, if one person sets a boundary, the other one needs to respect that rather than hinting and hinting that it will get worn down. You know, like in a couple, like if one person has a child wants to have children, one doesn't. Like, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship, but, like, this, like trying to wear someone down on something as big as that is not, it's not respectful of them and what they feel, and it's, that's not a way of loving someone. And so for me, like, what bothers me so much about Jacob and Mike is that the problem is that Bella should not have to tolerate it because she's an adult and they should be better. But the problem is that really Bella is smart enough that she should really just ditch all of these people 
And I'm not saying she shouldn't have to. That's the what frustrates me is that Bella shouldn't have to cut toxic people out of her life. The toxic people should be better. And I mean, that's something that we face as humans too. Like you shouldn't have to deal with toxic people, but also like when you've identified that, get rid of them. And for me, like Bella knows that Jacob really, really wants her and Mike really, really wants her. And she shouldn't have to give up her friendships with them. But I think that, like, she's acutely aware that they are not ex- respecting her decision and her boundaries. So I think that she should get rid of them. Yeah, and I think the reason why she hasn't is because she's she's in this terribly vulnerable position where Jacob's her only friend and he makes her feel better. She constantly describes how she feels like there's this hole inside of her. And when she's with Jacob it's like the hole is beginning to heal and he's the only person that makes her feel that way. So it's really hard when you're in such a vulnerable position that you, she needs him in order to feel okay. And even though he is not necessarily treating her the best, she's willing to use him. And she even talks about, she feels guilty for using Jacob, but she really hasn't been using him because she's been super clear that she doesn't have feelings for him. She's not interested in him now. She will never be interested in him. She thinks of him as a brother, basically like there, this is a sibling, like best friend. And the fact is she's made that clear and Jacob choosing to stay friends with her and trying to be persistent in having a romantic relationship is his own fault. And that's going to be his problem when he gets hurt because of it. And so, like I said, that's just not a good way of being about it. And also for Bella, I think it's good for her to be reaching out for a friendship and reaching out for Jacob as a friend because it's way less likely for you to lose a best friend than it is in like a relationship. It's a much safer investment and she really needs that right now. Like she's just lost what she feels is the love of her life, in addition to feeling like she's been gaslighted about <laughs> the vampire world that she can't talk about anymore. So, like, she needs somebody, she needs someone who's stable. And unfortunately, <laughs> Jacob is not the most stable person, but she's she's reached for him and is holding on for dear life. So. Yeah, it's just the way she describes their relationship is siblings. Like, she doesn't know what siblings feel like because she doesn't have any but I have many siblings. You have a sibling. So like the way that their relationship is and the way she feels about it, as we get her thoughts, it's, it's a friendship or it's what you feel about your siblings. And it's not even like she has in, and you know, like I said, we have her thoughts. She doesn't even internally have feelings for him. It's not like she's like holding out. It's not like she's suppressing romantic feelings for him. Cause she like loves Edward more. It's not like she's comparing them. It's not like she's like, I prefer Edward, but I'll settle for Jacob. No, she she thinks about Edward at all times. She's still incredibly in love with her, him. No one else has a chance. And, you know, scratch that. I think she thinks that later on Bella describes Jacob as her brother. Or she says that she wishes that Jacob was her brother. And she feels guilty about it. You're right. Like, yeah. I think I wrote that down. That she f- describes wishing that Jacob was her brother. And she feels guilty about that. But she shouldn't. She shouldn't feel guilty because she, it would be one thing if she was like, "Mm, maybe one day I'll change my mind. She only says that the one time when he's bailed on her for three weeks. And even then he doesn't believe her. She doesn't believe it. Like they know this is just her way of like trying to get through to him. But 
you should be able to rely on your siblings or your chosen siblings, and you should be able to rely on your friends, and that's Jacob. Yes, which, unfortunately with Jacob, she can't rely on him because he gets sick and then he vanishes for weeks and she's basically dying because she doesn't know what to do with herself because she's been spending basically every day with him the hole in my heart another hole in my heart my heart's like swiss cheese that's me paraphrasing the line but she literally says that i was like this that is, is not disgu-. what she says she literally says swiss cheese it's it's disgusting she does not she, she does, does not say swiss cheese because it's not multi Maybe she does say multiple holes, but I don't know, because, like, obviously, she says that, like, Jacob is, like, I don't know. I like the imagery of the hole. Like, I I like like the imagery, too. Because how she feels like she has to hold herself together. And Jacob, she says, I think, I might be jumping ahead, but I know at some point, she definitely says that Jacob can't ever fully heal the hole. Because, like I said, she'll never be able to heal the hole. Like, they're permanent damage from Edward, like, what he did by leaving her. Permanent damage forever. But... She, I think she's saying, like, he, like, closes it and makes it smaller. Yeah, but when he vanishes, he drips another hole in her heart. She so now there's a whole, so second hole. So now yes, she's like, she, she said that. I she literally that. said that. I hate that because I don't eat dairy and I don't eat cheese. So, like, that was gross. Well, Swiss cheese is my favorite kind of cheese. So it's I guess the grossest I'm okay of cheeses. It. But. It's so good. It was so gross. But, yeah. So, Jacob gets sick. He vanishes. I can't wait to watch the movies and see Taylor Lautner be all sick and, like, sweating in bed. And, like, that was really gross to me. But, like, I can't wait to see that in the movie. Ew, why? Because like, he's going to be like, Bella, I'm so sick. Like, I know they don't interact in the book, but, like, I can't wait to see well, that in the movie. Yeah, there's not any scenes like that in the There's There's other scenes where he's uh, sick and sweaty, but I don't think it's in this book. Well, anyway. As she, we like I said, they don't interact. Yeah, but, you know, it was a movie, so I figured they would just put them together anyway. But he gets sick, and while he, and I wrote down, I was like, he's transforming into a wolf. I, I, I know it. And we haven't gotten the explanation yet, because we haven't gotten to the wolf council yet. But I was right. Like, he wasn't a werewolf before, and now he's, like, even more jacked and also a werewolf. <laughs> I was right. But I predicted spe- that right. <laughs> That's good. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the wolves, Bella stupidly goes back to the meadow on her own after she's gotten multiple warnings from Charlie, her dad, saying, you know, don't go out there. There's a giant bear on the loose killing people. But she, I guess I I can give her credit. She's depressed and Jacob has literally abandoned her. And I understand, kind of. And again, it makes sense for her character because she has no... She doesn't have that survival instinct She's like, if I die today... It's fine. <laughs> Which I guess she was okay with that because she goes, she, her and Jacob had been looking for this meadow. So she like takes the nap they were using and she stumbles upon it and she ends up running into Laurent, one of the vampires from last book that was in the coven with James. And he wants to kill her. And she tries to, like, talk her way out of it, but he's like, oh, the colon's left you. He's like, I'm thirsty. I was hunting. Time to kill you. But five gigantic wolves, like how they're described, she's They're like <laughs> they're horses. They're like huge, yeah. like horses, like giant, like biggest wolves in the world, which, like, if you've seen the movies, like, they are shown, like, to be very, very big. And they show up, and then she makes a quick getaway, and I <laughs> forgot how funny this was described in the scene. 
in the in the book because after she sees the wolves she's like stumbling around the woods for hours trying to find her way back to her truck and she says for like she was probably just running around aimlessly screaming for probably an hour (laughs) before she said she decided to pull out her compass and her hands were shaking so much she had to put it on the floor to make sure she was going back in the right direction and imagine her she's all clumsy she probably tripped and fell i'm surprised she didn't end up with a concussion like just i can't like i just forgot about that because it's obviously not in the movie or anything but i wish they would have put in at least one short scene of her just running around panicking yeah it was it was pretty funny like it took her multiple hours to get out of the forest and like i just imagine like kristen stewart in a horror movie like running around a giant house but then changing the house into a forest and like just like complete panic running around like giant Bambi eyes and like taking her multiple hours to make a trip that took her like 40 minutes on the way in. It was really funny. Yeah. But then that night, Jacob shows up at her house apologizing for being distant and telling her that she needs to figure everything out that he had already, when he told her the stories about the cold ones, the vampires, he had told her what is basically happening to him now, and she does figure it out, and he's obviously a werewolf. Yeah. And between those two moments, between when she sees the wolves and Jacob coming to her house, she actually goes to Jacob's house, because, again, holes in the heart, Swiss cheese heart. She's like, I must find Jacob. And she goes to the reservation, and she goes to confront him, and he's there with his pack, and they're super menacing and, like, shredded and, like, yum and big and scary. And <laughs> Bella... Yum. <laughs> I'm, again, I'm just imagining Taylor Lautner. Like... Okay. That's the character he's going... She was going for. Come on. <laughs> um, stop, being, stop being gross. It's just... Just accept the truth. Um, anyway... So she sees Jacob, and Jacob's all menacing and brooding and angsty and mad teenager vibes. And she sees Sam, who's sort of the ringleader of the gang. And I noticed this moment because she, for the first time in the series, has said that she wants to be a vampire independent of Edward. And I thought that was really, really notable because normally it's, I want to be a vampire so we can live together forever and we can both be pretty forever. Which is, based on their relationship, not an unreasonable request. Like, if he wants to be with her forever and she wants to live forever, she's got to be immortal. But this is the first time that she wants to be a vampire not related to Edward at all. She wants to be a vampire so she can be strong, so that she can hurt people who hurt her, so that she can be a vampire for herself. Or actually, in Bella's case, not people who hurt her, people who hurt her friends. Because, again, she doesn't care about herself. Her specific response was because she saw Sam and she's like, I just wanted to punch him. No, I want to do worse than that. I wish I was a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's like, I want to destroy him him for hurting my Jakey Jake. (laughs) Like, that's how she felt. And I, but I thought, but actually within that, you know, we're laughing about it now because it was ridiculous because again, who would want to hurt Taylor Lautner or his friends? But she, she really wants this for herself rather than for Edward. And it's, not like she's doing this like her desire to be a werewolf is not just for romantic purposes it's for her own self growth and yeah i think that's really good i think that's awesome bella's like especially considering what edward's put her through like she's growing out of it so kudos to bella like she deserves a, like a deep clap for that 
Then, of course, she disappointed me because as soon as Edward Jacob comes home that night and he's like, I'm so sorry, I've been so distant and cruel. I'm trying to keep my promises to you and my promises to my people. And she just forgives him so easily. I was like, he doesn't deserve that. He's been a little child. And also he's trying to get in your pants and you've said no. So I was a little disappointed in Bella in that. But let's just be proud of her for the um, for the vampire initiative. And finally, now that she's figured out that she's he's a just, werewolf. She's just lonely and vulnerable and depressed. And Jacob's the only person she feels safe with. So that's why she easily forgives him. He doesn't deserve it. But that's why. Yes. He still doesn't deserve it. No, he doesn't. We, I do not like Jacob. So, so far, I haven't, he hasn't bothered me as much, but I know that he really wants her. And I know that he's going to, I have a feeling that he's going to start acting on it more. He's going to start being more territorial over her, especially now that she's going to be like bait. Oh, well, that's me skipping ahead to my theory. But I think that. Ooh, theory. Jacob needs to, so far, I, I think it's disrespectful of him the way he won't respect her desire to not be with him. But I think that he's been able to, like, keep it calmer than Mike. But I think that as soon as he steps one step further, she needs to kill him. She needs to become a vampire and rip his throat out. Wait, what's your theory? I'm getting to that in a second. Okay, I'm so curious. So she decides to talk to Taylor Lautner about being a a werewolf. And he reveals that, thank goodness... The killings have not been the werewolves. It's been dun-dun-dun, Victoria, because she's back and she's hunting Bella and she's very, very thirsty. And the wolves are trying to catch her, as Taylor Lautner tells us, werewolves' only purpose is to kill vampires. And so they already killed Laurent, yum, and now they're going to kill Victoria, but they haven't been able to get her. And she's like, well, she's tracking me and... Jacob is like, really? We had no idea. Come with us to the wolf pack meeting. And that's where we finished. Yeah. And then (laughs) I just have to say something about the return of Victoria and everything, because this is when I also think that, like, Edward again, obviously not thinking through this whole plan of, you know, making it seem like we never existed. Because obviously he didn't think about that, oh, by disappearing they're leaving bella unprotected and he didn't think about how you know victoria could come back to avenge her mate james death when he decided that you know he was corrupting bella's life and he just had to leave so desperately but i will say in edward defense i'm pretty sure in the next well i don't want to spoil anything but edward has an explanation as to why he didn't think about this victoria coming to get bella but they, they, there's no good explanation. She's already got a target on her back. Yeah, but I mean, I also, the idea of like, and then I'm mad at Edward now. And like, he's like, they're obviously going to come back. There's two more books. But I think that this is when we also have to recognize that like Edward, even though he's a vampire, like he's still human. Like he still is going to make mistakes. And like, this was just a really terrible mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Everybody has those days. Yeah. No, he made a real big boo-boo, um, actually. <laughs> he, you know, almost got Bella killed. And now, this is my theory. Dun, dun, dun. I think that Bella is going to be used as bait by the werewolves to lure Victoria in because she smells so tasty. And, again, Bella 
no self-worth, no self-preservation. If she's like, if Victoria takes me and then three innocent hikers don't get killed, it will have been worth it. So that's my theory, that Bella is somehow going to be involved in the capture and then uh, well, eventual dismemberment of Victoria. Okay, I have, I have no comment. <laughs> yeah, that's because my theory is totally right and I'm totally going to win. But she obviously can't say because that would be a spoiler. But yes, I'm also very mad at Edward too because I think that this is another letdown of his. Yeah, but I definitely, I will say, the second half of the book is much better. I promise. I do actually really enjoy this the second half of the book. I think it's actually, which is, I think why, even though this is obviously, this is my least favorite book, but I think I don't ultimately hate the book completely because I really only hate the first half. Like, so like I said, this episode is probably my least least favorite of the whole saga, but the second half does get better. Like, even how, like, since we started, like, we're about to go to the wolf council. Like, that is interesting because we get world building for the whole legends behind the wolves. So I think that's also interesting. But it definitely gets better from here, which is something to look forward to. Definitely. But... I can't wait to keep reading and I am excited to be done with this book and just keep going because Eclipse is probably my favorite book. Uh, if I had to pick one book, I think Eclipse is, and I would say it's probably one of the best of the series, the best in the series, but we'll see when we get there, but we will be finishing new moon for next week. So if you're reading along, go ahead and finish the book. Yeah. And as I said, at the end of last episode, or a couple episodes ago. I'm very into Edward. I miss him. I would like him to come back. I also miss Taylor Lautner being nice to Bella. Now he's mean, so we'll see. But I would like them to all just be nice and to respect her feelings. And remember that if you do have any predictions, theories, questions, or, you know, you want to just, you know, say, wow, Charles, your theories are so good, you can always stay in touch with us on the Nerd Party Network you website. You just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact you select throwback paperback. You send us an email there saying, wow, Charles, your theories are so good. And you can also get in touch with the network on Twitter at Joy Nerd Party or on Instagram at The Nerd Party or on Facebook.com slash Nerd Party slash Bella Has No Self-Preservation. And to find me directly, I'm at C.E. Sheeland on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yeah, you definitely don't want to miss us talking about vampires and werewolves, right? Hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.